From the Hollywood Gallery of the Peterson Automotive Museum, this is Car Stories at the Peterson. Welcome to another episode of Car Stories. Uh, I'm AJ. Our co-host Chris is not with us today. He's locked away in a meeting, but we are joined by Ed Carpenter Jr. Of, um, no Jr., just Ed Carpenter. Is it not Jr.? No. Why uh, did I say it then? I don't know. And we're joined by <laughs> Ed Carpenter Jr.'s non-existent for, you know, father, Ed Carpenter. Yeah, that works. Raises the uh, Fuzzies uh, IndyCar number 20. You have a race coming up in Fontana, the Indy Championships, the MAV TV 500. Uh, how how is that race? Because I've been and it's fun to watch. Uh, it, it's a great race. It's a great racetrack, Auto Club Speedway. I raced there for the first time in in 2003, um, and then in af- after 2005, IndyCar didn't come back until 2012, um, which was a good year for me because we won the MAV TV 500 in 2012. Um, it's a great racetrack. The Indy cars put on a great show there. You know, there's three, four lanes that we use. And it's a fast track. It is. It's a you know, it's a it's a two mile oval. So uh, plenty plenty of passing opportunities. Great great race. You know, especially now that it's when I first did the race in 2003, it was a day race. Now it's under the lights at night. Uh, so you know, generally makes for pretty good conditions. How does that change switching day to night? How does it change your driving style? Um, you know. Obviously, you know, California sunshine can get, get hot at times, but, you know, the, the, when you're dealing with a night race, the track temps lower down, so the tires work better, have more grip, and, you know, really allows us to put on a better show and, and make for, makes for more passing. All right, and we'll, we'll get into more IndyCar in a second, but let's go all the way back to, as, for good or bad, as early as you can remember, uh, what is your first automotive memory? Um, I, I grew up in a small town in Illinois, and my grandpa was a farmer. So I, you know, I grew up on a farm. You know, I, I was around tractors from a very young age. You know, I had my first three wheeler when I was three years old. Um, you know, so that was that's really the start for me. I have a hard time really remembering, you know, tractor or three wheeler first, but you know, they were all kind of together and something that I was around from a, from a very young age. Um, you know, so even before I was racing, I, I enjoyed enjoyed the three wheeler. That's for sure. When did you start to? Because you started with midgets early on, so you started racing pretty early on. So when did that bug bite you, and you you really decided you wanted to pursue this career path? Yeah. So my mom married my stepdad, now dad, uh, Tony George, when I was eight years old, and my my brother, who was five at the time. You know, I call, I call him brother. We were stepbrothers at first, but we're brothers now. Um, you know, I was eight, he was five, and our dad asked us if we wanted to, to try racing quarter midgets. And, you know, having already been, you know, riding four-wheelers and, and things like that from a young age, I was all over it. And, you know, so we started that first season racing just in Terre Haute on dirt and quarter midgets. I think I won my first eight races and, and basically, you know, fell in love with, fell in love with the sport that was really my my introduction um you know to driving cars was in, you know that that year in 1989 was it something that came natural to you i th- i guess so you know i mean I, I i definitely had a knack for it straight away um you know and just really enjoyed it you know and um uh, you know from from that point in that age you know that was a sport that 
that I was passionate about and focused on. And, you know, I played some other sports growing up, basketball, obviously, being from, in, you know, spending most of my life in Indiana. Yeah. Um, you know, but really racing was, was what I focused my energy on, you know, all through my youth and into adulthood. When, how did the sort of progression go of, I guess, coming up through the ranks between quarter midgets and now in the IndyCar series we were at? Yeah, so, you know, when I started in quarter midgets, you know, back in, in those days, uh, it's a little different than now, but back then, guy, you know, you could start in quarter midgets when you are five and there's, you know, there. The classes, Safety wasn't class, well, the classes are different now, but, you know, most guys raced quarter midgets till they were around 16, mm-hmm. you know, and then guys would either get into micros or mini sprints or midgets, whatever. Um, you know, now you see people leaving quarter midgets and go-karts when they're, you know, 10, 11, 12, they get into bigger cars, which, you know, is just the evolution of things. But so I raced quarter midgets from the, for eight years, from eight to 16, and then... My first year out of quarter midgets, I raced TQs or three quarter midgets, which is just, you know, basically the same size as a midget, just with a smaller engine. So I did that for one year, and then in 1998, um, started racing midgets at, at 16 Street Speedway, which was a, a racetrack they they retrofitted inside an old baseball diamond okay. in Indianapolis, where our minor league Indianapolis Indians used to play, and they built them a new stadium downtown Indianapolis and. So there was a group that, that put together a little quarter-mile oval inside the, the baseball stadium, and they ran weekly races there with, with midgets. So um, I started running that local series in 98, and then in 1999 moved into the USAC National Midget Series um, and also started racing Silver Crown that year. So from 99 through... 2002, you know, I raced midget sprint cars, Silver Crown, on all the USAC national circuits. Um, in 2002, Indy Lights also started, you know, kind of the, the development series yeah, for IndyCar. the minor league of so, racing. So in 2002, I started in that, that series as well. So I was running, you know, all three divisions of USAC at some level and Indy Lights. I did a second year of Indy Lights in 2003. Uh, really, it just kind of cut back to Silver Crown, and then, you know, I'd run a, I probably ran a handful of, of sprint car races that year. Um, and then at the end of 2003, I ran, you know, with some help with some other people, got a little bit of sponsorship and ran, ran my first three Indy car races at the end of 2003, one of which of those first three was here at Auto Club Speedway. Um, and then, then I got a full-time job driving for Red Bull and Eddie Cheever in 2004 in the IndyCar series, and that's what I've been doing ever since. So this whole time growing up in racing, um, was that the goal? Was it just as a kid, I want to go, I want to go as far as I can with this. I want to do this for a living, or is it this is something fun I do on the weekends? But you know, I'll eventually go to college and get a. a a job somewhere else. Well, uh, you know, I th- I think ra- I think it always starts out as fun. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's still it's still fun. You know, even as a career, you know, I I try to never never forget that what what we get to do for a living is fun. Um, but you know, for sure, when you know when I was eight, nine, ten, you know, I'm not I I wasn't thinking like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna race IndyCar car drivers and that's how I'm gonna you know 
that's how I'm, I'm going to make money as an adult. You know, I just don't get me wrong. I'm 27 with zero racing experience, and I think I still have a shot. So yeah, you know, so <laughs> that never you know, goes back, away. Back then, it was, it was just fun. You know, it, and I, I really don't think I was thinking long term like that at that age. Um, you know, obviously, the longer you do it, and the more serious you get, and the older you get, the more you get into to watching other guys move up. Um, you know, then you start thinking about it. You know, being your career. You know. I was about 16 when we kind of like really decided as a family, like, okay, you know, I want to try to, I want to try to do this as a career, you know, and at that same point, we also, you know, I say we decided as a family, but my parents basically told me that I was going to go to college because at that point in time, they were, they were helping support my racing yeah. career as well. So, um, you know, if it would have been solely up to me and I had the ability to race, you know, I probably would, wouldn't have gone to college, but uh, fortunately, my parents, you know, encouraged me heavily to go to to go to college, and you know, in, in hindsight, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that, that that they did that, just because it's it's really helped me in my professional career as a driver and business person as well. I was going to say you got a you got a marketing degree, right? Correct from Butler University, and you own your own race team. Correct. A lot of people, I think, a lot of people just think you get hired as a driver, and your job is just driver. You show up, you race. There's a lot more to that, and I guess a lot more with being a good driver is also a good salesman of trying to get sponsorship and, and get money and investments into your racing team. So what, I guess, can you sort of talk about that aspect of being a race team owner and a driver? Yeah, I mean, even before I was an owner, you know, I mean, you racing's an expensive business, and you have it's sponsorship-driven, so, you know, there, there was a, a period of time where, you know, I don't think drivers really had to think of themselves as brands or, or being marketers, um, you know, but anymore, you know, it's, it's hard, it's hard for team owners or drivers or anybody to, nece to necessarily just go out and, you know, find five or six million bucks laying around, you know, so I think, you know, especially, you know, really over the course of my career, even, you know, I think drivers, you know, spend a lot more time and energy um, you know, trying to market themselves, you know, recognizing themselves, you know, as a brand, yeah. um, you know, and trying to, to not only help find sponsors and partners for maybe the race team they drive for, but, you know, as much as anything, find people that people and companies that, that want to support them and, and their career. Um, you know, and that's where, you know, I think having, having the, the background that I do from Butler University and, you know, getting some of those college experiences, um, you know, has maybe helped me understand that and helped me be able to, to position myself maybe a little better than, than some guys, but certainly there's there's guys that do a better job than me also. But, um, you know, even, you know, I think you've even seen a shift even in, in NASCAR racing that, that you know, ha has more corporate support than IndyCar, but, you know, you see, you see sponsors attaching themselves to driver, and that's because the drivers have, have marketed themselves and positioned themselves with those brands. You know, I mean, you've seen Kevin Harvick move teams with the mm -hmm. sponsor and uh, Clint Boyer's move teams with the sponsor. You know, it happens all the time. And, and that's just from the evolution of, of drivers realizing that they need to, to attach themselves um, to a brand and to, to companies to be successful long term. And it does seem, I guess, you're seeing more and more drivers in overall racing, maybe want to do their own thing. 
and form their own racing team. So instead of just going to work for the larger teams, maybe run something more on their end. Is it with your own team? Is it something you you kind of like doing your own thing and being by yourself, or you know, with your team, or is it something you see? Maybe down the road you expand it and you want to become a larger team and get more drivers. No, for sure. You know, growth is is something that we're looking at. But um, you know, I always had I always had an interest in becoming a car owner at some point. I never really expected or wanted to. You know, thought that I wanted to be an owner driver. You know, but it, it was just the way circumstances presented themselves and. And you know, I had the opportunity to do it, and didn't want to, you know, didn't want to pass an opportunity like that because I knew I wanted to be an owner at some point, you know. And you never know if you'll get another chance, you know, to to get into it, you know, without more difficulty. So, you know, we started the team in 2012. It's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, we've been trying to grow the team, you know, from the very beginning, and you know, it's taken time. We're finally, you know, we're finally doing some things to to get to that point to be able to grow, but. You know, you know, even even more long term. You know, you know, I, I want I want to to grow our team into you know into something that that's bigger, like a, a Penske Ganassi. That's you know obviously big within IndyCar, but maybe has a presence in other series as well. Um, you know, if it makes sense for our company. Do you ever think about yourself as a driver? Are there other types of racing you want to try or get into? Um, you know, I mean, I, I was. I was always drawn to IndyCar, just you know, being around the Indy 500 from such a young age and and falling in love with that yeah. event. Um, you know, I always saw myself being an IndyCar driver and competing in the Indy 500. You know, when when I was racing in in USAC, you know, Tony Stewart was just moving up to IndyCar and then went to NASCAR. Ryan Newman was going to NASCAR. Um, you know, Jason Leffler, JJ Ailey, Casey Kane. You know, all guys that I raced against. And, and for me, I always wanted to go IndyCar. Um, I never really thought about NASCAR. You know, it, I, I, looking back, you know, I, I, would, I would try it, you know, if the opportunity presented itself, and I probably still would. You know, I'm 33, and it's kind of old in racing years, but still have a lot of time left, too. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm open-minded to trying, trying any, anything. I like racing cars, and... Um, you know, I w- if it was the right opportunity, I would I would give it a look. You know, but definitely my passion and focus is is Indy cars, and and that's based off of the Indianapolis 500. For we were talking about this a little bit earlier about there's just you can't explain the Indy 500. It, it's it's bigger than you would ever imagine the track. It, it's a city. I mean, just in the infield. What's it like being from Indianapolis and your first time getting to drive the Indy 500. Yeah, I mean, just just qualifying for my first 500 in 2004. You know, it, I still look at it as one of my greatest accomplishments in racing, just because um, you know, Indy cars and the Indianapolis 500 was always, you know, that was always my my goal. You know, a lot of a lot of open wheel drivers have dreams of Formula One or things like that, but for me, it was always, you know, the the end goal has always been the Indianapolis 500, getting there and, and hopefully being fortunate enough to win the race someday. Um, you know, but it, it's just such a special feeling to, to be able to be part of that event. Um, you know, this year was my 11th, 11th start, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I've been been fortunate enough to start on the pole twice now, you know, but when you, like you said, you, you know, it's, it's hard to describe it to someone that's never been there, but you know, there's so many people, you know, over, over 200,000 people there, yeah. you know, it's the largest single day gathering of people in the world. Um, you know, and when you walk out for driver intros and your name's called, especially, you know, being, being kind of the local hometown boy now in Indianapolis and the support that I get, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a super special feeling and, um, you know, one that, that you hope you can just continue to be a part of for the as pageantry. long as you possibly can. Yeah, yeah there's, there's just, just so, so much tradition and pageantry, you know, from Jim Neighbors singing Back Home Again in Indiana and, you know, God Bless America, the, the releasing of the balloons, the, the Gordon Pipers on the bagpipes, you know, Purdue being there with the, the largest drum in the world, you know, it, it doesn't matter you know, how far back in time you go with some of those traditions, you know, it's it's the same every year. And Yeah, it, you know, it's starting just, to seem like the days of events leading up to the race are just as long as the race now. I mean, yeah. there's so much going on in the morning, and it's just such a neat Yeah, neat and, it, you know, it, it's just one of those things that's, you know, it became special over time. You know, it just, it's a, the 500's an event, you know, that, that kind of, goes beyond the racing community and culture, you know, it's, it, it bleeds into pop culture and it's something that, you know, you pretty much, you, you can go around the world and most people have heard of the Indy 500, you know, you can tell them you race Indy cars and they may look at you and not know what that is and then you say, you know, have you heard of the Indy 500? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well that's, yeah, that's what I do. You know, so it's just, it's just such a huge event and, you know, it's, you know, it's, you, for me, you know, I, I've, the importance of it has never lost significance. You know, just how, the scale and how grand it is. Um, you know, it's 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 a May's the best time of the year for sure. Now, what do you do? Because you're just doing the oval tracks. Um, how does it compare doing the ovals? Is it, I know, is it more stressful because you've got more people watching? You have more people in the audience. Uh, or do you just sort of go in the mindset of, I'm just going in, I'm making a left, I hopefully won't stick it in the wall. Um, do you kind of have to forget when you're on, when you're racing that this is Indy? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously there with, with the Indy 500, there's, you can't avoid the pressure. You know, there it's bigger, you know, it means more, it's more prestigious. There's more people there in person and watching on TV. Um, you know, the schedule of the event is totally different than any other race where, where they're preparing for a whole month where normally, you know, race events last two or three days. Um, you know, so it, the whole routine is just different. But at the same time, you know, when, you know, like I was talking about driver intros, you go through that whole process and, you know, pre-race takes so much longer than any other race. You know, you, even even in my 11th time doing it now, you know, you it's hard it's hard to control your anxiety and nervousness just because because it is so different there's so many people there and, and you want to win the race so badly you know but then when you get in the car put your helmet on and and the race starts you know then you know then you're just out there you know you're being a race driver and yeah you know you you do recognize that it's the Indy 500 but um you know you you do what you do at any other race and you're trying to try as hard as you can to win and it just happens to to pay a little more money and be a little more prestigious if you can do it on Memorial Day weekend. And are you having more fun with the ovals than you would on the track? Well, I mean, I, I had fun. I've always had fun racing no matter where it's at. You know, ovals, you know, are 
are, are my strengths. So, you know, making what I think what you're alluding to is, you know, may, this year I made the decision to, to just race the IndyCar in the ovals, and Mike Conway's been driving our car on the road and street courses. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm having more fun. I've always had fun. Um, no matter where I am, you know, that was more a decision just to try to position our race team better and give give ourselves more chances to to win races, which we've been able to do three times this year. Yeah, you guys are doing great. And, and personally, for me, you know, everyone sort of knocks NASCAR as it's just a bunch of left turns and a bunch of circles, but I like the ovals. I, you know, I love a good street course. I love going down to Long Beach Grand Prix and watching it, but there's something about those open-wheel cars on a straightaway 200-plus miles an hour uh, that's just, I don't think that thrill can be matched anywhere else. Well, I think, you know, I agree. I mean, I think I think oval racing is easier to watch, especially for maybe the, a more casual sports fan or race fan. You know, when you when you get into road and street racing, it, you know, it's 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 a whole other type of challenge. It's super technical. You know, so is oval racing, but, you know, it's just different. It's just different, you know, and, and there's a, you know, there's a big, you know, there, there's a whole lot of race fans that are super passionate and feel the same way about road and street racing as, you know, people may feel about oval racing. So that's the cool thing about the Verizon IndyCar series, you know, compared to any other series in the world, is the diversity, you know, of tracks that we race on from street courses to road courses to to ovals ranging in size from seven eighths of a mile to two and a half miles long. So you don't you don't see the type of diversity um, of the schedule in any other series in the world, especially top series with NASCAR and F one. Um, you know, so that that's one of the cool things about IndyCar is that we that we do, you know, race in all those types of tracks and venues, you know, and so you really it does show the, the different skill sets of all the drivers in the series. Outside of racing, what is your automotive interest? What are you a car guy? What kind of cars are you into? You know, I'm not like a lot of a lot of drivers are like huge car guys, and you know. I like I like race cars. You know, when it comes to passenger cars, you know, I've never. I think I'm too big of a, a you know, a tightwad to to get totally caught up into it. You know, if any, you know, if I'm into anything, it's more you know, mu- the muscle car era. Yeah. Um, things like that. But for me, you know, to I have three kids. For me to go spend money on, you know, my own car collection or something like that, it just doesn't really make sense. Versus, you know, making sure I can pay to send my kids to college and things like that so and you have race cars to pay for and, and I have race cars to pay for so you know I've, I've always been the type of guy that you know I don't really care what I'm driving you know uh, on the roads you yeah. know I, I more see it as a utility vehicle at that point um you know I, but I love I love my race cars so yeah, I, you know I'm, I, every everyone's different I mean you can look at Graham Rahal and you know he's you know buys and buys and sells cars like they're going out of style you know and for me i just i like driving i like racing race cars but i've never been much of a a car guy away from the track it's, yeah, it's and, interesting well you also started before you could drive so it's yeah. been you've been driving race cars your whole life and you hear that more and more with race car drivers that it sounds like they get out their excitement on the track and then there's no need to go fast or do burnouts or accelerate. I think some guys are different. You know, I mean, I look at guys like J.R. Hildebrand is a good example. You know, he he's car crazy, you know, and, and he, you know, I think he has just as much fun in cars off the track as he does on the track. But, you know, for me, I don't know if it's because I have three kids now, but even before I had kids, I just didn't, 
I just didn't necessarily feel the need to, to go have a sports car or, or something like that. Um, you know, I, I've, I guess I've just separated like street cars from race cars, yeah. you know, I guess it's just how I'm wired, but it doesn't mean I don't appreciate cars or like looking at them. Um, but I just haven't had the, that burning desire to, to go it, buy a bunch of cars. The only reason guys like me want a fast car is for a couple of seconds we can feel like guys like you. Yeah. You do it for two and a half hours straight. You've, you know, it's like you've reached the top. Why get into a Porsche? You can, you've got a, an Indy car that will outperform it any day of the week. Yeah. I, I mean, I, that has to be part of it, I guess. You know, I've never really put that much thought into it. And, but, I, you know, I think there's guys that are both ways. You need to start hanging out with guys who don't know who you are and they're bragging about their Ferrari or their Porsche and going, eh, 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds. You go, oh, really? Uh, 1.2, 1.9. Yeah, you know, I, would, um, that, that would, I wouldn't be the guy to speak up. I would just let him talk and, you know, probably probably move on to, to something uh, else. You went 120 in your car? That's it? That's, yeah. uh, that's interesting. <clears throat> no, I'd probably just tell him how cool it was and, you know, leave it at that. Who who were you into growing up? What who do you look up to racing wise? Um, you know, for me, you know, I would say AJ Foyt, you know, and, and Alan Sir Junior were were my two racing heroes. You know, I was lucky to to be able to meet and know both of them from a young age. Um, you know, Al Junior. You know, I really wasn't around for the prime of AJ's career. You mm-hmm. know, but I've always appreciated everything that he accomplished, you know, at, at, this, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, you know, and his whole career, everything he drove, how good he was, you know, but when I was young and getting started, you know, it was kind of right, right in the, the prime of Alancer Jr.'s career, and he was also a good family friend, so, you know, those two guys, you know, from a younger age, and then, you know, as I got older, I got to, to know more guys and, and look up to more guys, um, but but those two stand out the most. Yeah, how um, how do you think it's really different in racing now versus when AJ Foy and Alan Jr. were racing? How has it evolved? Uh, I think those guys were way more badass than than the guys now are. You know that they were yeah. tough. They were they were driving anything and everything and working on their own cars and and towing their own cars to the races. You know I think I think all of us guys nowadays have it easy. You know we. We fly to the racetrack and get in the car, and we work out during the week. But you know, those guys back in the day, you know, they had it tough. You know, guys like to think racing is dangerous now, but you know, back then. Oh, I'll show you some race cars after this. You one. know, Don't back worry. then, you know, guys were losing friends, you know, all the time, and you know, and they weren't. Even then, they weren't really worried about being unsafe. They just loved doing what they were doing. So, um, you know, I, I've been, I've had the chance to drive you know, some old roadsters and things like that at the, the Speedway over the years. And, you know, just, you know, driving driving those cars on the modern Indianapolis Motor Speedway that's smooth as glass and yeah. and perfect, you know, you, you think, like, these guys race 500 miles on, on bricks in these yeah. things. Like, you know, there's there's no way that a lot of the guys could do that, you know, in this era. So when I, when I look back at, at those guys... You know, and really, I, I think AJ was kind of AJ and Mario. They were they were the last guys from that generation that kind of crossed over from, you know, the the real badasses of, of our sport and history into the modern modern era. But um, you know, it w- it would have been cool to be around back then. No, it's definitely it's a sport that 
visually evolves the Cuevas because every few years the cars are getting more aerodynamic and safer and they're just and you see it I mean the was it maybe three years ago now they added the rear bumpers mm -hmm. and canards and yep. so it's a different looking car every couple of years yep. and it's you know it's getting safer and they're getting faster and they're, they're turning which it, yeah it's a good thing yeah you know, but you know I think you know I, I I like and appreciate those old days just you know I, th I think in part due to my background coming from from dirt racing midgets and sprint cars and you know that's you know that's what race IndyCar racing really evolved from was you know the, the road series kind of spun off from silver crown cars and yeah. you know that morphed into to rear engine indie cars you know as they evolved to to I, get to perform and there's even an aesthetic that you sort of appreciate from the older cars that not to say they're they're not as good looking now but there's something you you look at the big rear tires you look yeah at the they're just teams they're and, just manly and, and they're cool so your race is august 30th at the auto club speedway in fontana yep the mav tv 500 mav tv 500 um it, i've been to it I, i've luckily i've been to it i'm from that area and it's it is just a cool race be, how you see the track if you're on the infield you're kind of looking at sort of the tops of the cars as they're coming right by you it's as loud and as fast as can be you guys are doing over 220 there uh yeah we'll qualify right around 220 miles an hour you know race pace will be anywhere from you know 215 to 200 as, as tires wear off but you know it's a night race so you know that makes for for good conditions for the drivers and fans um you know it's it's always a, a great race for for the series great passing there's three or four lanes that you can use so there's always action going on um you know and it's obviously one of my favorites with the place that i've ran uh on the podium each of the past two years so hopefully we'll yeah. be able to 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 get on the podium again this year it's a fun endurance game to watch so just the, the little the drafting the minute changes that really give you the advantage over the people around you uh, i'll definitely be watching it i'm looking forward to it uh ed carpenter not junior <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, this has been great. Thanks.